we start each episode with a, a, a quote um, mm-hmm. that kind of resembles what we're going to be talking about. Okay. Um, and one, and the quote that I, I I I have for you was: "In order for your life to change, you must change." Ah. You had a similar quote, and I got that from Jim Rome. Mm-hmm. Me personally, like I, I commend the change that I see in you. I'm like. I'm inspired by it. Like, you know how we talk, bro. Right, but right. I, like what I what I know you when we met <laughs> when we met to now, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I'm inspired by your change. So um, you know, yeah, talking or whatever, we really just wanna to to dive into that a little bit mm-hmm. and also talk about what you got going on and mended and everything like that, because I feel like that's important for you know our culture right now. And you know, just the, the movement going forward with um, checking on our mental health, yeah, you know, consistently. That's I, big. Yeah, that's, that's what you me with. And as I think that's the the biggest thing, like boiled down, like our mental peace, man, is just something that we don't take a lot of credit for. We don't pay a lot of attention to until it's bad. You know what I mean? Um, we we'll, we'll get into it for sure, but I. I was at a point in my life too, when I, when I left New York, you know, New York was everything I knew, you know, people don't understand this part of my story that I was, I was homeless. You know, when I took a job at FAU, I didn't know how much I was getting paid. I didn't know where I was going to stay, you know, so I packed everything up in my Impala, you know, and I just was, I was like, you know, I'm going to make it what it is, you know, and I can't, I can't even say I leaned on my faith at that point in time because I didn't know my faith at that time. You know, I just was like, you know, this opportunity I'm going. You know, I slept in the office. I slept on, you know, rat couch. Who he didn't really want me there um, until I really got on my feet. You know, so it's all about the process. But when I was there, bro, I, I suffered from. Um, I had anxiety. I had depression, and I never dealt with those things before. Like right. I went to the hospital. I went to the, like the urgent care because I felt like I, my heart was beating so fast. Like you could feel it. You know what I mean? Like you see it in your eyes. Like you, you like I'm about to. I can't catch my breath and all that. So they, you know, they're giving me drugs, uh, drugs, and I don't, I don't take no pills or nothing like that, you know, but it was, a, it was a rough time, you know, but it was all a part of the process. You know, that's the, one of the things that we have to understand as part of the process. First, let's, let's, let's introduce this man, this, this great man right here. Um, you know, Ed and I know him as Moose, um, but this world, he's pastor. Steph engage, everybody yeah. claps. There we go. <laughs> All right, this my this is this is a, a great man of God, a great man of faith. Um, he's been my spiritual coach, my <laughs> spiritual mentor, you know, marriage mentor, husband, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> this dude came in my life at a great point mm-hmm. uh, where I definitely needed him. Um, I'm not gonna talk about everything that he's doing. I'm gonna let him say that himself. Right, right. Pastor Gage, take the floor, man. Tell us what you've been up to. Yeah, that's what's up, man. Um, first of all, thank y'all, man, for having me. My boys right here. Yeah. Y'all remember, what was it? Uh, parking Systems. About that a little bit, <laughs> Oh, man, please. Oh, boy. Oh, man. <laughs> But yeah, it's a it's an honor, it's a privilege, man, and I love what y'all stand for. You know, little did y'all know, like you know, when we interacted, when we grew up, when well, when we was in college, like you guys were one of the people that you know I looked to, you know, like because I felt like y'all had it together, y'all had it um, together. So like like I said, like I'm an, I'm honored and I'm privileged to be able to speak to, to with y'all, and I'm just encouraged, whoever it may be, you know. But like like Dom said, you know, I'm a pastor. You know, right now we're in the middle of launching our own church, you know, um, but more importantly, man, I'm, I'm a servant. I'm a, I'm a lifelong learner. Um, one thing about me is just that I just love to learn, you know, and I love to encourage one another. I love to, you know, see people come in one way and leave another way. And I, I believe that's the whole concept behind this mended movement. You know, I did a conference and Dom was there about mended, you know, we all have are broken at some point. We all are broken, you know, but that doesn't stop us. You know, we can keep going forward, you know, in order to be, you know, mended, you gotta be broken, you know, just putting the pieces back together and allowing something 
um, not no substance, but something God or whoever, or, or your own abilities to be your glue. You know, so that's where we are. I'm a husband. I love my wife. Um, I love her like no other. <laughs> you got to drop that. <laughs> make sure. <laughs> make sure they know. I would know if you a doghouse right now. Uh, no, but that was like, all right, I can't forget she gonna be back. I love my wife. <laughs> I'm gonna say it too. I love my wife. Come on. And I think that's what, that's the biggest thing, you know, right. we set priority, man. And as men, you know, we don't take enough, we don't take enough pride in the woman that we have, but oftentimes, you know, we kind of, can, we can, we can easily overlook our significant others, you know? So I always tell myself whenever I go speak, wherever I go to speak, you know, give honor to my wife because she's probably doing something behind the scenes to make it possible. So she got the kids right now. I'm going to pick up Nala. But um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a father of, of three. Um, we are blend, a blended family as well. Um, so we just got a lot that we just love to do. Talk, talk about that, man. You said blended family, bro. Talk, talk, kind of talk about that. I mean, when my wife and I, we met in 2013 and um, she had a daughter, Nala, which is our oldest. You know, first things first, I don't consider her to be a stepdaughter. Um, that is my daughter. Um, I had early on, um, I had a, a person tell me that she, uh, she, you're, you're not a step to anyone, you know, so you, you step up, rise to the plate, you know, but Nala is beautiful. She is a kind soul. And uh, honestly, we talk about transition, talking about growing up, you know, I was forced uh, to grow up fast because my wife wasn't playing. When I met her, it was no play play, it was no games because she had a child. Um, and one of the things that I admired most uh, we blended families, you know, it has its own challenges or whatnot. But when I first met my wife, um, one thing I knew that really stuck out was that she did not allow me to meet her, uh, Nala, which is our daughter, until like a, a month or so down the road. You know, so it wasn't going to be like, no, here, play, play. And, you you know, playing house, playing daddy. Um, she was, so I really admired that, you know, but I just believe. We have our own challenges um, as as blended families, but the biggest thing is is just being um, being yourself. I always tell people this, and part of blended families is that you have to develop your relationship with um, that step child um, outside of the relationship with the mother or the or mother or a father. You know, because that particular relationship you can't use to get close to the child just to get close to the parent. You know, that's not it's going to fail. You know what I mean? So that's my biggest thing. We're in a process. We actually got, we rewrote a blended book, you know, from um, brokenness to oneness, you know, just coming together. My wife and I, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting book because we give two perspectives on, you know, her point of view, um, my point of view and how we, we blended it all together. You know, all so. right. Man, I definitely need to read it. <laughs> you know, I had my experience with a blended family. You know, my mm -hmm. wife had two before I married her. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't let that stop me. And um, sure. that's one thing I did struggle with was uh, calling, you know, the kids stepson and stepdaughter mm -hmm. um, because I kind of didn't want to step on the real father's toes. Mm -hmm. You know, my dad came, you know, my dad was, I'm the only child that my dad had with my mom. Okay. My other brother and sister, had different fathers and you know that was kind of my dad's approach to mm -hmm. everything as well so <clears throat> now I'm sitting here listening to you like yo I'm married to this woman <laughs> my dad wasn't married to my mom so I'm going to be in these kids lives for a very you know a very long time mm -hmm. so I, I think it's important with me having kids now and then with them already implemented into the family mm -hmm. it's important that they all call me the same thing because I can't have them call me one thing and then my like, other two kids, my, my personal, you know, kids call right. me something else. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Ed, you have something to say? Um, I mean, I just, I'm, I'm really taking it in. Uh, just listening to y'all too, giving me pointers for uh, when, when my turn comes around. Um, but no, I, def I definitely agree with that sentiment. Um, people in my family have had blended families. We got a couple of them in my bloodline and that's that's the way they've taken it so that's the way i've been taught um of course i'm out here courting talking to somebody right now she doesn't have kids but you know if i do somehow in my future do come up against that that's the same way i'm gonna take it mm -hmm. yeah sure. no, i think that's it's just a maturation process with anything you know because like 
to be quite honest, if I'm being completely serious, when I first started talking to my wife, it was like, oh, I, I thought it was going to be like every other, you know, talk to like oh, here and there. But, you know, mm -hmm. quickly I knew that it uh, would what, what it meant for a woman to have standards and not not stoop their standards was because you come in talking um, hot cash. You know what I mean? So, game and then it, oh, <laughs> if he hit you again you like, like i got it together she <laughs> read through all that slow your roll slow your roll for sure man absolutely yeah. so we talked you know in the beginning i called you pastor pastor cage um so so talk to us about that man how did how did you go from um <laughs> you you also hold up we gotta rewind we gotta rewind because you talked about you talk about us parking you know we we did valet at all three of us <laughs> in a couple of valet service in college when we was in new york in the city what was right. it called ocean parkway what was it yeah yeah ocean parkway was one of them we did draft party a couple jumps so i got a story man be past the gauge forgive me this is uh oh uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it was Pastor Gage or somebody else. We was on the train. It was probably like three o'clock in the morning. We was on our way back to school. <laughs> uh oh, He was wild and he was acting crazy, yo. So, <laughs> Pastor Gage, at this, at this time, your name was Moose. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Moose like I'm gonna slap this dude, yo. <laughs> so we it comes to our stop. I forgot he said he was gonna slap this dude. <laughs> this dude, dude, kind of like was slick, man. Moose, not past the gauge. Moose slapped them piss out of this dude, <laughs> and I don't know why we was running because he didn't get off the train, but we <laughs> all running, yo. Who he? Brent, I'm talking with the slacks on, <laughs> high knees. I'm like, yo, we was wasn't even getting chased though. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, uh, that was probably the funniest, one of the funniest days uh, at the wag, man. Yeah, man. hey brother, they probably thinking of the moose they see right now. They not thinking of the moose that's hitting the beach workout, that's captain of the defense. Second man, what? No, that moose slapping somebody for them. Bruh. <laughs> I want to say somebody, I don't know who. Somebody, probably French. It was French, right? It was definitely probably French. It, 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 if it was if it was, if it was French, it was one French, it was Fox. One of them two. I think they scraped up like an expensive car. Yeah. French. French. Put dirt on the side. <laughs> no. <laughs> Up the whole side of the because you know French was playing. He was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that thing was like, because we in a tight New York City garage. Right. He called us all to the garage like, yo, just come here real quick. And I was like, <laughs> but we had that. Remember that that clause? If they drive off, then you good. <laughs> you good. All right. Put a little dirt on it. They ain't even see it. He stood by. He stood in front of it. You know, how you open the door and you stand like, yeah. Uh huh. He yeah. macked that thing up, though. Frambo, man. Damn. Woo. That was, that was some fun moments, man. Yeah, nobody will ever believe we was violin in college, bro. <laughs> bro that's a boy. He used to be hustling, too. Y'all get that car three blocks away. <sighs> Give us 30 cents. Like, time out. <laughs> Low key was an extra workout, Slim, because we all had workouts that morning. So that wasn't nothing. Man, so that's a tremendous transition man you playing football you you partying and and doing your thing you know you're you're a typical athlete young athlete in college man and right, right. it was different you know what I'm it was different so how do you go from smacking somebody on the train to pastor gauge man like like and it's real it's not it's not fake you know what i'm saying nah. That's the that's the one thing I love about you know yeah. Moose is 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 real. You know that was one of the first things I said to him. I was like, man, I admire what you have going on because it's real. You know, it's yeah. real. it's not fake. So t tell us about that transition, man. I, I think one of the things is that the transition was definitely. I mean, it, it, for for you, for someone look outside looking in, looked like it happened overnight. Right. You know, but mm -hmm. it was a point where I came when I came down to Florida and my wife actually introduced me to the Lord. 
you know, uh, I was, you know, coaching at FAU and I was just like, you know, like I said, I was dealing with some heavy stuff. Like I was having anxiety attacks. I never knew what they were. I was I was battling depression, you know, waking up at what, what 5 a.m., going into your office with his dark and coming out at midnight to do it all over again seven days a week was playing with my mental. It was killing me, you know, and I didn't even care for the people I work with. You know, I seen some things on the job there that I was like, yeah, I'm good on college coaching, you know, but right. within that time, I, I think that God, he has a way of ordering our steps. You know, he puts us into interaction with people and he has a way of using like you, just your path uh, of blessing. You know, sometimes we forsake, uh, forsake our path or we want to get off the path that he has us on because it's a little challenging. And the way I grew up, man, I had no quit in me. I know like y'all, we played together. Y'all know that. I don't mm -hmm. quit, you know, I don't care how big you is, how small, how small you is, I, I keep you know, and that, that was birthed in me from a young age, you know, not having my mom around because she was heavily addicted to drugs. You know, I just knew I had to get out of Syracuse wow. and I knew I had to fight, fight, fight to get out of Syracuse. And that's what I did. You know, so when I came down to Florida, of course it was hard, but I knew one thing for sure was that I wasn't going back to Syracuse, you right. know, so um, just when I was led to Christ, I, everything seemed to make sense at that point. You know, I love, I knew I loved to encourage people. I knew I loved to build people up. And, um, that was all the things I was able to do. So I gave my life to Christ. I think it was like October, 2013. And since that day, man, it was just like, you know, I had my, my struggles here. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I was, you know, I, I smoked weed, uh, I drank, you know, I was promiscuous, all of those things. And I can clear, I can say to you right now that um, since 2013, I have not drank, I have not smoked, I have not um, what? Yeah, bro. Yeah, and you know, that was if it's January 13th, 2021. I have not drank, I have not smoked. <laughs> 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 yeah, and, and you think you know where we've been like in the dorms where it ain't much to do so what do we do we, we pour it up all the above exactly. <laughs> you know so it was like it, i just knew i needed to make a change and like the quote that you said and one of the quotes that i live by is like things change when when things change right. like, just think about that <laughs> you know so i just i was a firm believer in that and i knew like i was all in i was desperate and i think that's where change can happen when we become desperate. I was desperate for a change. I, I did not want to go back to Syria. As in, I didn't want to be another st statistic, um, but I really wanted change. I was I was hungry, you know, I was hungry. And um, it was just the, the transition from that, uh, from like the playing into the pastoralship was, it was, it was hard, but I knew it, it was, I knew what I was doing or per se, or I knew where I was going because the second that clock hit um, zero when we ended our season, my senior year on at Sacred Heart, my cleats was off. I'm, I was done. I knew I wasn't going to train. I wasn't going to try. I knew right then and there I had zero left in the tank. Right. And I, needed to, I needed to turn the page. So that's a Yeah, what you said. Yeah, I was about to say, that's a very interesting question because, like, how did you feel like you, you kind of started it, but like, that's, that's very interesting. You say that. Cause that's one thing I want to ask you and I got to follow up to that. But like, like, how did you feel when you noticed it was over? Like, how did that feel? So when going into the game, um, let just take you through, I had ligament damage in both my ankles. Like people don't know this. Oh, you know, I, both of my ankles were taped up heavily and I was taking shots before the game to just get through the game. My senior, you know, and I had, I, I was like, listen, this is going to be my last game, you know, and I knew I, I did, because I, I, I left everything literally on the field, you know, mm -hmm. I left everything, I sacrificed summers, I sacrificed, you know, my body, you know, just everything that I wanted to accomplish, I, I accomplished them, you know, so it was nothing left for me to prove, I didn't have to prove anything to myself, prove anything to my parents or anything like that, I just knew. Like I was done. I was good, you know. So, so for some people, it's a it's a struggle to move on. Like for myself, um, I love to speak off of experiences, um, mm -hmm. so that I know that I'm somebody feels it, right? right? So, for some people, it's hard to move on. You know, I just posted something today, you know, realizing yeah. like, yo, this time back in 2016, you know, I had about five or sixteen wanted me to come play for them. Mm -hmm. and 
I had a choice to take the money and the chance of going to a brand new organization. Right. With the team that I've been with for two years on, you know, on the practice squad, they know me, they, they saw my progression and they appreciate, you know, how I played the game. And I decided to leave that organization for money. And then, you know, that the organization that I went to the money, they just threw me away. Like as soon as I got injured, they just threw me away. Like I was, you know, Miss me. A, a freaking dish rag. Right, right. right. So um, what was the most difficult part, if it was difficult at all, about moving on? You know what I'm saying? Like, what, like was there anything that you held on to while you were still, you know, while you was transitioning out of the game? Just my identity. You know, for so long, mm. I was loose to football mm. player. Unpack know? that. Mm, okay. Please, Jesus, gotta, let us know. That's, yo, man, that's crazy. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's crazy. You got to, some people, some people might not understand exactly what you mean by that. Cause when they say identity, you thinking like, okay, who I really am or something. You know what I'm saying? That's what we bled, you know, that was our mindset. That was mm. everything that we did was to better ourselves on the field. Like right. people really don't understand. Like, I don't care if you competed at a high level or a low level, but when you tapped into something that you know that you were good at, that you were born to do, mm -hmm. it's hard. You know, my identity was so wrapped up in the football. Like I, like I thought like a football player. I, I was eating like a football player, even when I wasn't playing. You know, I was training still like a football player. I'm like, why am I working out so hard? You know, and even the way I had, um, you know, relationships, I was doing it as a football player. Right. Every single mm -hmm. thing, you know. So trying to take take Stefan out of moves, if you per se. Like I've been mm -hmm. playing football since I was four years old, nonstop. There was never a, a off season. You know, that was, that was all I knew, you know, so it that yeah. was the, that, that's still like, like I, I played football like was it two weeks ago last week for the first time since I hung up the cleats. We saw that. You, you. Yeah. Did you stretch? How are you feeling stretch right now? A couple of days beforehand. <laughs> People always ask me, like, how come I don't get back on the field and like play? And I was like, you know, what? I, I have zero desire to play the yeah. game of football. I can coach, but. That's I have zero desire. That's when you know, man. That's when you yeah, know. Yeah, man. Coaching is definitely a rewarding way to get back to it. Like you said, you don't have to get out there, but you can. it's a good way to get back at the same time. You know what I mean? Some of the stuff that we may not have been told at their age, you can go ahead and give it to them. You can only take the horse to the water, but the way I see it, at least I get to reach back, you know, give them some pointers. Like, like I had to tell some cats yesterday. I'm like, I mean, you don't have to stretch. I didn't stretch either, but I'm sitting here with you. Right, right. <laughs> take your pick. You know, that's the biggest thing is like just learning from our experiences. And I, I think one of the things that I, I talk about identity because it's so huge, especially as men, you know, our identity is so much in what we do rather than what we carry, you know, mm. what we do like, oh, I'm a good uh, musician. So that's why that's my identity, you know, but we carry so much more, you know, one of the things I like about both of y'all and, you know, I, I share this to I'm blue in the face, but when y'all walk into the room, Y'all carrying more than just a football player, you know. Mm -hmm. It's the mindset, it's the mentality, it's the spirit that you walk in. And I believe that once we start to identify that as men, as black men, that we have power outside mm -hmm. of you know hitting somebody, outside of you know catching a ball, yeah. then we we will start changing the world around us. You know, that, that's simply it. Man, at, at what point did you notice that power outside of the football field? Like, at what point did you notice that you had worth more than football? It, growing up, I was the mm -hmm. I wasn't the oldest, you know. But like I said, when my mom was absent, I used to, um, you know, she would we used to go over her house and she used to be at, she used to be gone for a few days, you know. I used to step mm -hmm. up and cook for my brothers, you know, or my oldest brother's handicap, you know. So I used to be changing diapers, you know, and he's older than me, you mm -hmm. know. So like that that's power, you know. That's something that you're not taught. That's not something that you read in a manual or you read in the playbook or something like that, that's power, right. you know? And I right. just knew that, I, I knew that that's what I walked in. And I started to see like the, you know, understanding like uh, y'all probably, y'all been there, like people just gravitate towards you. I don't mm -hmm. know why, I, I always think like, I always tell myself like, Dan, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty corny, but people want to be, want to talk to me, want to be around me, <laughs> you know? And I, I never understood why, but they're attracted to what you carry. Right. I 
Right, right, right. Okay. So, you know, with, with football and, you know, with you being in ministry right now, um, I kind of try to do anything that I'm doing aside from football, you know, because football has been a part of my life, you know, my entire life. Um, so say like if I'm going into a speech, you know, I'm going to speak at a school or something, um, I kind of take some of what I did in football with me when I'm going to say my speech. So um, I was wondering, I think I saw it before when I was at the Mendic Conference, I <laughs> saw a little bit moved, but do you have like any rituals or do you take anything that you did in football and kind of incorporate it in your approach to ministry? Yeah, and that's full speed ahead. Well, mm. you know, well, know mm. anything, and I probably mm. hit you a few times just running full speed. Right. And one of the things about me is just that like I try everything, you know, except for no drugs, you know. I just, I just, <laughs> I was always, I was always the smaller person, you yeah. know. I was always a smaller person, so I had to have this sense of, of no fear. You know, I'm going to hurt you. You're not going to hurt me. And, you know, so when I go to speak, you know, I get in that zone. Um, first and foremost, um, when I was playing, people don't understand this, but when I was playing, I used to listen to all R&B music right before the game. Mm -hmm. I was, my heart was pumping so fast. Mm -hmm. And I, I used to look, I put my headphones in and I had like Alicia Keys playing or something. <laughs> you know, the same goes like right before I go up, like if I'm delivering a message or whatnot. I like to just get in my zone, listen to some slow worship music or something like that, you know. Right. Um, but more importantly, I look at, look inwardly and understand the value that I do carry. And um, as I'm walking in on the stage, you know, I'm going to give these people something. And, you know, it's like the first hit, you know, we all know, we got to get that first hit out of the way. Right. You, know, you, yeah. get, you hit or you get hit, you know what I mean? So It's one of the two. Yeah. <laughs> talk, talk to us a little bit about, um, um, I, I don't want to get, did, did you say the name of your church? I, I don't want to give yeah. it because I think the name is dope, you know, yeah. especially with what you, you and your wife are doing right now, the way that you guys are serving, you're serving without any walls. Like you're serving, you're serving and being faithful, you know, without the, you know, the building, you know what I'm saying? So when I heard no walls ministry, it was just like, man, that's kind of powerful in a testament mm -hmm. to what you guys are doing. So, uh, yeah. Maybe wait a name. My bad. <laughs> so so talk, to us, talk to us about that mission. Talk to us about no, you know, the No Walls Ministry, man. Yeah. So that's pretty much it, man. We just decided to be, you know, we we declare where the Spirit of the Lord is. Walls don't exist. Right. And um, within the, you know, church, we see a lot of barriers. You know, we have black churches, we have white churches, we have churches in the hood and the ghetto, or we got churches that are affluent and they look a certain type of way. You know, mm -hmm. So we identified what we said was that, you know, we said where the spirit of the Lord is, um, walls do not exist. And those walls are man-made barriers, like your socioeconomic status, your, your race, your, um, your background. You know, we tear down those walls and we believe that everyone is, 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 is accepted. And, um, you know, this kind of, this idea came from us, hit us one day because we had the idea, um, this was years ago, that we were going to do a youth revival, youth stadium revival inside mm -hmm. of a high school stadium. And this, this one, this event planner came to us like, what are you guys going to call it? And it was like, no walls. You know, we ended up not having the stadium revival, but we did go to West Palm Beach when we, when we were living in Orlando and we held a revival and we seen over 200, you know, youth and young adults just come and get ex experience to Christ, man. And it was, it was amazing. So that's just what we are about. We desired like um, our pillars is to live, uh, to love, you know, so love, love um, God, Love ourselves, love our neighbor, um, to live, we're gonna live Christ out loud, um, to um, sorry, to serve, you know, serve a community, serve each other. And last but not least, we're gonna share the gospel, you know. So that's that's just who we stand for um, at No Walls. And listen, I, I just wanna encourage everyone out there, listen, I didn't go to ministry school, I didn't go, um, I don't, I, I actually grew up, if I'm being completely honest, my, my dad's side of the family was Jehovah's Witness. You know, so um, I think that's just encouraging. I'd like to encourage people on that because when we take the limits off of ourselves, we can accomplish anything and we can start going further faster, you know, because we took the limits off. You know, we're not holding ourselves back because we, we feel like we're lacking in this area, lacking in education wise, you know, so I'm just encouraged by that, man. Right, man, that's, that's deep. That's deep because I know 
so many people strive to to live a perfect life mm-hmm. and the model that we you know some most of us have especially coming from where we're from mm-hmm. um that model is a christian or you know the man that can you know live life without drinking or you know what i mean things like that and <clears throat> for you to go from living like a rock star and then to, to being a genuine man of god is so powerful in itself and a testament to change is possible and all change is possible like in order for your 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 circumstances to change like you know we all want the big house we all want the cars we all want that lifestyle family you know the biggest thing that i've noticed with people is that they want the family but they don't like the structure they don't mm-hmm. like what they have to put into the family um i know mm-hmm. that one of the hard things for me um talk about the difficulties of you know that transition from being a single man um rock star to being a full-on father and a husband yeah mm-hmm. and right away um I was walking into a situation where I wasn't just going to be a boyfriend. I was walking into a situation where I had a little girl who was looking up to me. Right. You know, but mm. I always wanted, and I, 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 I have a like my perspective on a lot of different things, and um, I, I'm sure y'all have the same perspective. It was like either the good or the bad. We learn from, them and we able to you know learn and make it better for when we move forward. You know, so I look at. You know my family structure growing up and it was it was it, it was what it was you know and um i i use that as an example of how not to do certain things you know don't get me wrong my dad did the best he can do and he did an awesome job with raising us you know but i knew right then and there i told myself at an early age that um i wanted to get married by 25. i wanted these are the things i was saying at a young age 20 i wanted to be married by 25 i wanted to have two two uh two uh three kids two boys and a girl i said i'm gonna name my child jeremiah isaiah this was early on you know but and then um i got married at 25 you know and this is the power of your own words you know like how you put in the atmosphere and um yeah the transition has been one that that we we just need to learn how to say sorry (laughs) you know like (laughs) Or, or, or the biggest one for me, communicating when you're wrong, you know, what I'm saying? And, and instead of being mm-hmm. prior and arguing the fact that no, I'm not wrong, it's just like, yo, okay, you're right, I shouldn't have said it that way, or yeah. shouldn't have done what I did, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna tell you why I did what I did, yeah. But, uh, yeah, in the first year, we got married in 2015, the first year, man, marriage is a mirror, like you see, yeah. Uh, you see the ugly in you, you see the, the nice in you, the good in you. But man, that first year, you know, we had dumb arguments that led to me punching holes in the walls, me, you know, storming out, leaving, like, and I'm thinking to myself, like, I ain't going nowhere. You know, I ain't, I'm not, you know, I'm married. I, I said my vows, I'm, I mean this, this is a covenant, you know, but the maturation process and just the communication, Dom, uh, we talk about this all the time, just the communication, man, about, for, for men, like, I don't know if you, I, growing up, I tell my wife all, this all the time, like, we just never talked about our emotions. We never, like, we never hugged. We never, like, you know, had any affection because the our mom was out of the picture, you know, and that's usually like the mom's job to soften you up, you know, so it was actually funny that one of our, our, um, our discipline, or my daddy's discipline us was make us all hug before we leave out the house. You know, you think about that, like, that's really, but it was really something, you know, so when you get in, when I got in a a marriage, I can spend like a week without touching my wife, you know, without kissing her and stuff like that. And she over here like, yo, I'm, I'm dying emotionally because I just need you right now. And I'm like, I'm good, you know, but we just had to learn one another and the communication part, I can't reiterate it enough that communication we have to learn how to communicate as men and we have to communicate even when we know we right even when we know we right man <laughs> yeah that's the hard part you still have to that's the hard part. Not, not, 
can bring it down a little bit. Right. Because you made a commitment. And that was one, that was the hardest thing for me in the beginning. Like marriage, the relationship, the family structure just like a tidal wave. Oh, man, boy, you would have thought Kyrie was dribbling in front of me. I'm like, just fix that. Like, I, I, I never knew that much went into a relationship. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because all I, my entire life was football. I didn't really care about anything but football. So, you know, back to one of the questions, what, you know, that I, I, we had asked Moose, um, I kind of took what I did in football and put it in my relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, team first. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So what mm-hmm. I, I got to do in order for us to win a championship, because at the end of the day, we're trying to build an empire as a family, you know, and we the coaches. You know what I'm saying? We the owners of the team, we the coaches, and we the players. That's so right. we, we together, so we gotta make sure our team is tight. Yeah. It, it took me some time to to really realize that. And with the help of, of Pastor Gage here, you know. Yeah. I think Ed wife really opened my eyes to some things that I I, I wouldn't notice. And as a single man, Ed, or, you know, someone who's courting, I think the biggest thing too is, uh, of course, the communication part, Mm -hmm. Um, but understand that, you know, you're in it for the long haul. You know, this ain't a a play play where like, I'm gonna get mad. You know, you said through through it all, you know, and I had the, you know, I I was a runner at first, you know, I, I hated correction. I hated you know, being told that I was wrong or doing something incorrect because all my life, this is the part where you're still separating your identity. Mm-hmm. All my life, I was, I was good. You know, I was good. You know, mm-hmm. I was good at football, good at athletics. And then when I get into marriage, I'm like, what you mean? You ain't like the way I clean that dish. Mm-hmm. You know, I work hard on that. You know, nice. <laughs> it's like, so it's, that's just the open part about it. And like Dom said, carry those, there's some characteristics that you can carry the rest of your life. You know, like, you know, when you want to know your opponent, what are you doing? You're watching film on them, you know? So I begin mm-hmm. to watch my wife. Like, I used to watch how she just conduct herself, and I'm like, all right, I can do that. I can do mm-hmm. that, that a little easier. Oh, how she want that clean? Okay, I just see how she cleaned that. You know, and mm-hmm. it'll be, it'll be, it'll, it'll help you out, man. Yeah, what? Well, okay, so since Ed's the, the, the single guy who's courting, <laughs> um, what advice would you give him on finding the one? Mm. Or let's ask this, let's answer this question. Is there a such thing as the one? Mm. I think, and my answer may vary from a lot of other people and mm. people may not like my answer. I believe that there is a one, you know, mm. but that one can be de- developed out of not the one. Mm-hmm. That, you know, because I never had, I'm gonna just be completely upfront with y'all. I didn't think that I would be married to someone with a child, you know, beforehand, mm-hmm. you know? And vice versa, my wife- get you quick, boy. My wife, you know, she's she's older than I am. She never seen herself with someone younger than I am, right. you know, younger, younger than her, you know? So, but that's the pro- process. But here's the thing, the one, Ed or whoever is listening to this, the one will be the one who's willing to put in the work, you know, because mm-hmm. we we have to constantly put in the work to evolve, to educate ourselves, to, to grow, because if not, the one that you fell in love with, you're going to fall out of love with because that person's stuck. Mm-hmm. I'm blank. Yeah, no, that's real. I, I think I think because both of y'all said, like, even though I'm not in a relationship, that's also because I've chosen there's a couple of people along the way in which I could have put a ring on their finger and I didn't, but mm-hmm. I, I knew I myself had some things I had to work on and I had to heal. Um, and so I don't want to bring that to somebody else's life, but now that I am looking, I agree. I don't think that there's one person. I, I just believe that as long as two people of the same mindset uh, uh, try to achieve one goal, you win. I mean, we've all played football. We've all been on championship teams at some point. When you win the championship, it, it may, isn't, a lot of times it's not because you necessarily had the best players. You might have some of the best players, right. but a lot of times it's because your L's, your, that, that number 11 that should be somebody's not even on somebody's team, right. they bought into the program and they did what they were supposed to do. And then that's why you win. Yeah. That's good. Absolutely. That's a big, one of the biggest things you just said is you needed to focus on yourself. That's yeah, it. man. I had to grow up. 
Y'all both know I had to grow up. <laughs> know yourself before you get into it, because if yes. you know yourself now, you're gonna learn in every marriage. Mm-hmm. That's legal. That's yeah, a that's a like, religious and a legal bond. The things you gonna hide, you know, those things that poke his head up, mm-hmm. and it's gonna be ugly. It is gonna be ugly. And it, and it, you know, you knowing yourself allows mm-hmm. you to know what you want. In a significant other, in somebody, a life partner. That's what I look at it as. You know, mm-hmm. once you learn yourself, you're gonna know, like, okay, well, I want this, 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 and this in a woman, um, and she may not have it mm-hmm. at that particular point in time, but she'll learn your love language, right? Have to develop some of the things that you desire in a woman. Yeah. Not facts. That's Not big, facts. Don, but the love language, man, and I, I'm a firm believer to stand by it. That's the that's the key. Oh, you know what I mean? Got to know the love language. They're gonna love this one now. This, they gonna love this one. <laughs> they, ain't, they, ain't, they might not like this one because not all the love languages are the ones they want to speak all the time. Yeah, man. <laughs> but yo, yo, you know, be honest with yourself more than anything. Yeah. Not ready, you just don't do it. Yeah, that's a thousand. How much you love that woman, or how much you know she may, her or her family may give you an ultimatum. If you're not ready, don't do it. You know what I mean? And if That's real. in a relationship because you're not ready, then accept mm-hmm. it. All right. But don't don't let no outside pressure you into getting married because this is a real thing, bro. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely. I've been that type of person my entire life where I'm like, yo, when I get married, marriage is serious, you know. But when I got married, it was just like Yeah, a whole different book. <laughs> going on to here i don't think i want to <laughs> relax to you. you know my first year i was like i don't think i, I don't think this is for me <laughs> i don't think me. i mean everything was just like yo i don't like this i don't like <laughs> this it's uncomfortable <laughs> and like the crazy part is like and I, we can be real candid about this was you know we talk about that you know that that process we talk about the process from you know 2013 to um, when I gave my life to Christ, the transition to where I'm at right now. But when we got married in 2015, we abstained from sex. We, did, we didn't have sex, you know, until uh, marriage. And, you know, all while I was engaged and stuff, yo, I was ready to tear some stuff up. You know what I mean? I was I was ready. I was ready. And then when I got married, bro, check, check this out. When I got married, I, I, I wasn't functioning. And I'm looking at myself like, hold, hold on. You don't use it. So talks like, yo, uh, hello, what's what's going on here? You know, but isn't that isn't that just shop? Yeah, but (laughs) just like with anything, like they want to dangle the prize out before you, like oh, test test drive this before before you um you know put a ring on it, and once you get into marriage, you know you like uh, the the enemy is trying to mess with y'all, kind of cause division, you know, especially intimacy wise, you know, so. I tell everybody that just to understand, like, man, this marriage is a battle. You know, people don't want to see you married. <laughs> mm. They don't. Yeah. Mm. So. But y'all both seem happy in y'all marriages, though. I must say that, man. Like, yeah. to see the joy with you holding the baby, Dom, you already know I've been up there plenty of times with the little one, man. Like, y'all look like y'all wouldn't trade it in for the world. And that's why I be trying to tell because you already know the single man. All I hear, hey man, wait, take your time, wait. But I'm like, if you keep it a stack, man, at 30, that's kind of where you want to be. I mean, I, I'm not just doing it on anybody, so I'm taking my time. Best believe me. But when I find the right person, I'm sure it's gonna be it's gonna be lovely. I, this is an exercise that I do, right? Um, I wrote down the top 10 qualities that I wanted in a woman. You know what I'm saying, like top 10 if she ain't have eight of the ten then i we couldn't have a conversation further <laughs> mm. you know what i mean it was just like okay i know i'm i i, I wouldn't want to be with this type of person mm-hmm. because they don't possess some of the qualities that i desire in a woman and you know and when i met my wife you know she she knocked she knocked the list off she knocked the list down and then it was like it felt it felt different you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i i was i was sold on not being with somebody that had kids i wanted to start fresh i hadn't had kids yet 
So I'm like, you know, I'm waiting till I get married. Huh. He's gonna build this beautiful family together. But you know, I met her and she had two. <laughs> I was like, um, do I just do I just be my do I just be a dog and, and, and bark up the tree and leave? Or do I find out what this woman is really all about? You know what I mean? Because I was engaged prior to that. So now I was out uh, sore my royal oats. <laughs> Come on. Billy D. You know, I, yo, to I, I lie to you not. And I showed my wife, I wrote everything down. And then, you know, I, I was listening to one of these sermons and it was like, you know, be honest. You know, even if you, when you write it down, write down what she looked like. Mm-hmm. And I wrote down what she looked like. And, and God darn it, if she ain't look like it. <laughs> I believe it. That's huge, man. That's speaking words into that's speaking words into reality, man. For real. It was. It was just the energy that I was putting out. That's real. Yeah. That's real. Affirmations. And I also like one of the people thing I, I tell everybody was, you know, of course we had good times when we were single, you know, doing crazy things, but like th- on this side, there's nothing in the world that beats it. You know. Uh, mm. I went like I, I that transition again when I went through that transition, you know I, I was drastic. I was desperate to make a change. You know I changed my phone number. I changed. I deleted email addresses. I wanted no. I got off social media for like two years. I wanted no contact with you know, back then. You know what I mean? You know so that 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 desperation. You know and I was like you know this on this side. I was so happy that I can leave my phone in a room with my wife and not care if she went through it or not. Right. You know, mm-hmm. give me that a few years ago. And, um, you know, that, that, that thing would have been in the bathroom with me, would have been showering with me, it would have been <laughs> all of the above, man. And it's, it's, it's all about your peace, man. People don't understand like that playing stuff, that player player stuff is stressful, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> it's stressful. And I'm not one for the stress, you know, I'll, I'll be quick to be like, you, you can see when I'm stressing. You know, so right, yeah, man. I know how I know over here. Yeah, well, man, yo, this was a this was a dope, well needed conversation. Yeah, facts, like so many people are going to be able to benefit from this, man. And ah, man, Moose, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, everything, man. Really, thank y'all, man. This is an honor, man. And what y'all doing, what y'all standing for, man, it's only just the beginning, man. So I just want to encourage y'all, like, Dom, like, I've been pushing you, man. Yeah. Keep, keep going, man. Like, I mean, you know, I've been trying to make sure I, 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 um, I strengthen my, my muscles in, you know, muscles that I'm talking about mm-hmm. as men. I think we know that, that, that restraint. You know, of yeah. staying away from, you know, the public success, right? Mm. I know that I had I had some trouble. You know, I was engaged when I was in the NFL, mm-hmm. and you know, my muscles weren't strong enough. Right, right. My my muscles weren't strong enough, and then to to, I always tell people if you want to really know if you're who you are like view some of the things that you've done from an outside perspective, right? So like picture you you doing what you did in a movie and you're looking at yourself in the movie, you'd probably be like, you big dummy. Right, right. You're right. at the screen at that person doing the exact same thing that we doing. Right. So I kind of had that moment where my ex was on a reality TV show, uh, um, Find Ready to Love. Just like that moment where she was talking about, you know, kind of what I did. And I'm like, yo, me and my wife watched this show and now my ex fiance is on it talking about me. And I'm just like, yo, this is embarrassing. (laughs) It was embarrassing, but it's like, yo, you did it. Right, right. That mirror. You know what I'm saying? It was a a double mirror because, you know, not only am I watching my ex fiance talk about me and the, the the negative things that I did, I'm looking here at my wife, and she like, uh, did I make a mistake? I'm, in my mind, I'm thinking, 
she she thinks she made a mistake. Like, yeah, yeah, right. That was tough, man. Yeah, man. That's 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 the biggest thing, man. Is and just understanding, like, man, cut those ties. Like, when we move forward, like, whatever you're doing, like, if you say, like, I'm gonna start this business, you can't have like be all in, you know. And as men, we like to keep our options open for whatever reason, you know. Yeah. We like to, and I, I, that was one of my defense mechanisms for so long because I hated ha- being vulnerable to the point where giving one person all control to walk out of my life you know and that's what mm-hmm. i built up from having my mom leave us at a, such a young age it was like i loved her you know if she can leave me at a drop of a hat like i'm not about to put all my trust in this one woman you know so i used to spread it around like this per- this woman to get part of me part of me so if this person drops off i got all these other people still holding me up you know mm-hmm. so, man that was a that was that was a bomb right there. <laughs> exactly. Wow. We're gonna end the podcast on that one right there. Man. You're right. <laughs> Luke has the gauge. Moose. Appreciate y'all. Man, whatever everybody call you, I call you Moose for life, man. Y'all. Right, right. Absolutely, man. Yeah, you're gonna be Moose for Thank you. <laughs> Just before we leave, man, let everybody know where they can find your you know your stuff. You drop your website, your IG, whatever. Absolutely. Well, Instagram is just my name, Stefan Gage. Spell it with the E, not an A. Um, Facebook, the same thing. But also, um, if y'all listening, you got a minute, check out our website, nowallsministry.net. And um, yeah, that's what it is. We launch in April um, 2021, and then the hard launch in um, uh, September 2021. Yeah. Love you guys. And like, listen, if y'all need me, let me know. Yeah. Yeah, you already down in Orlando, Florida, as you know, too. Yo, no walls ministry. Lee on the lookout. So you go to Disney World, go see, go <laughs> holler at Jesus too sure. while you at it, huh? Yeah? Let's go. All right, bro. All right, boys. All right. All right. That was a good one, bro. That was a real good one. <laughs>